office or a federal building because they're maintaining a strict separation of church and state. Amazing thing that the courts are swore in on something that they won't allow you to carry in an open way into their presence. But the Word of God is still right. The Bible's still true. And for centuries, the Hebrew nation, Hebrew's a very unique term. Hebrew began with Abraham. Abraham was the first Hebrew. He was a friend of God. He was a Hebrew. And Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants forever are a Hebrew nation with the separation of the Hebrews from the house of Pharaoh and their flight under Moses into the wilderness and across the Red Sea and into a promised society that God made promise to them of, they become more than just a Hebrew race. They became a Jewish nation. They became Jews first because of Judah and then more broadly because of the 12 tribes in combination. But God raised up the prophets one after another to speak specifically to Israel and to speak into the Jewish nation the promises that were to come. Nothing was more declaratory, nothing was more important than the prophecies of Isaiah and others. Isaiah is known as the messianic prophet, he who prophesied of the Messiah. And Jesus the Christ was the Messiah of the Jews, the Savior of the world. I'm glad that I can stand here and tell you that the Messiah of the Jews, Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world, is Lord and Savior of my life. How many of you know Him as Lord and Savior of your life? Praise God. If you don't know Him as your Lord, if He's not your Savior, this morning would be a good time for you to turn your life over to Jesus. The first Sunday of the year 2014, for you to walk the aisles, give your life to the Lord and say, Jesus, I want you to be Savior of my soul and Lord of my life. That would be the most important thing you could do in this service today. Amen. But in Luke chapter 1, Luke was a physician of his period. Not a doctor in the sense of, in every sense of the medical profession as we know it, but their physicians were involved in a whole uh, variety of practices that included apothecary, like our pharmacists, and it included treatments medicinally that uh, bore up to their day. And, and the big thing with them was bloodletting back in this period of time. They were, were bloodletters. They would bleed the sick. And throughout history, many people were, were bled and bled and bled until they died. They didn't have a better hope. They didn't have a better answer. But aren't you glad that with Jesus came 
a better hope than the broken, non-trustworthy practices of a pagan period. Amen. I believe today that with His stripes we are healed. We prayed earlier in this service for people who might be suffering in their bodies and might be uh, having physical problems in their life that the Lord would touch them and heal them and help them. Is there anybody that could put your hand up right now and say, I hadn't noticed it, but since that prayer, I've been better. I felt better. I'm different. I'm not as I was. It's because we have a hope that's a better hope than just the physical dilemmas and the physical opportunities that are in our world. Praise God. Because of Jesus, because He lives, we live also. In the first chapter of Luke, Luke the physician tells of how the angel of the Lord, the Christmas story as we know it, came to Mary and appeared unto her and appeared also unto Joseph and gave them the message that Mary was going to conceive and bear a child. And she said, how can this be since I have never known a man? This is verse 34 of chapter 1 when he said, He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel declared unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, watch this, the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth. Now watch this. Not only did the angel prophesy into her that the Holy Ghost was going to come on her and she was going to bear of the Holy Ghost a child that would be called the Son of God, but it gave her a historical, data-correct, statistical reality that she could hook her faith to. It wasn't just an independent dream of this might be or could this thing be. He said, Thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. That's amazing. He even knew the sex of it. He didn't say she's conceived a child and she's going to have an MRI in a few days and they're going to, if the baby's laying right, they're going to tell her whether it's a male or a female. No, the angel said, she's conceived a son. She's conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Her womb was dead. She had never been pregnant. She had been told she was unable to bear. And now the angel's saying, she's going to bear a son. It's the sixth month with her. And behold, uh, for there is nothing shall be impossible with God. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Verse 37, chapter 1 of Luke. You need to turn to somebody around you and tell them, I still believe God can do anything. 
I still believe nothing is impossible with God. Hey, can I tell you, and would you receive from me this morning, if we ever buy into, well, maybe God doesn't still do that. Maybe God doesn't still perform that. Maybe that's just something we're going to have to live with and learn to cope with. If we take God out of the formula, then it becomes nothing more than secular religion. It's not salvation. It's not a salvation experience. It's not a redemptive process. It's not a get out of a hell and into heaven situation. It just becomes a secularism that is a religious-based secularism. And that's not what we have here. I'm glad that I know Jesus to be the Lord of my life. We would get real excited today if I'd preach to you John instead of Luke because John said, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Oh, we'd get excited about that. The same was in the beginning with God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And then it would go into all of the uh, the uh, realities of that miracle. And we love that 14th verse. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among them. And they beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I love that verse. I love that passage. I love to hear it preached. Pastor Sharon preaches that passage and makes reference to that passage very often. If he was here today and he was preaching, I'll guarantee you he wouldn't get through the sermon without telling us something about the Holy Ghost and and the Word becoming flesh. But hey, what if your faith had you on the other side of that reality? What if you were Mary or Elizabeth living on the other side of St. John 1? And all you have is an angel that appeared unto you and said, You're going to bear a child. How can that happen? I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. Well, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. And the Holy Ghost is going to cause you to conceive. And that child that's born in you will be called a son of God. If I were to preach about the Son of God this morning, on this side of Luke chapter 1, we can get excited because we, uh, we know Jesus is the Father and we know Jesus is the Son and we know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. As was quoted to us this morning, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We believe those realities. But hey, the simple faith of a pregnant girl that had never known a man is standing there pondering, realizing all the questions that are going to be flung at her, pondering all of the, the inexactitudes and the non-balance of the, of the facts she's going to have to explain. But the angel gave her one little detail that made her believe it every bit. Elizabeth, your cousin, in her old age, is having a baby boy. Man, she knows how she can prove whether this angel is of God or not. All she's got to do is pack her suitcase, load up in her vehicle, which happened to be a little burl, a little donkey, and ride to her cousin's house. And if she's really pregnant, if she's really having a baby, 
then this angel knew what he was talking about. Otherwise, I'm in big trouble. Otherwise, I've got big problems. Otherwise, nobody's going to believe me and I'm going to wind up getting stoned to death because I'm no better than a common harlot according to the laws of her day. But oh my, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And when it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, this is verse 41, chapter 1 of Luke, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow! There's not been an upper room yet. The day of Pentecost hasn't happened yet. All they have is an angel prophesying. What is born in you is of the Holy Ghost, and it's going to be called the Son of God. But you know what's happening? And I didn't get this out of a book or see it on gospel TV. I'm reading to you about the Word itself becoming flesh in process. This is the process of it actually happening. That seed that was 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 fertilized by the Holy Ghost and is growing in Mary. That seed is the Word that's becoming flesh within her. My goodness. She comes and greets Elizabeth and entered into the house and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost shows up, it also shows out. Boy, I wish the Holy Ghost would show out in here this morning. Do any of you wish that the Holy Ghost would show out in your life? When the Holy Ghost shows up, the Holy Ghost shows out. And she spake with a loud voice. Elizabeth did because the Holy Ghost came on her. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, you're not going to be able to keep it quiet. You might be like Jeremiah and say, I shut up my mouth and said I'll never tell it. But it was like fire shut up in my bones. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel the fire shut up in my bones this morning. I feel the glory of the Lord falling fresh on me. I feel the power of the Lord delivering me. I feel the breath of the Lord in this house this morning. When the Holy Ghost shows up, it'll get in your lips and make you testify things that you never testified before. It'll get in your mind and in your spirit and cause you to witness things that you only dreamed about. I'll tell you what 2014 needs to do at first UPC. It needs to be a day of fresh infilling, fresh anointing, fresh refilling of the Holy Ghost. Have I got any takers that say, I'd like for the Holy Ghost to come down and set fresh on me, set new on me. How many of you remember the night when you received the infilling of the Holy Ghost? Very first origins of the Holy Ghost. And you begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Wouldn't you like to have a renewal of that? 
Wouldn't you like to have a fresh infilling of that? Wouldn't you like to go out of here today feeling like a brand new babe in Christ? Like you've been cleansed. Like you've been sanctified. Like you've been regenerated by the Word of Almighty God. Wow. When the Holy Ghost came on Elizabeth, she couldn't contain herself. She said to Mary without even knowing, without anybody telling her, without the angel revealing to her, because she was filled with the Holy Ghost in her womb. She said, Behold, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? That's the amazing thing about faith. You've got the Word just developing. You've got the Word just processing. You've got the Word just in a little bitty one-pound mass that's not even grown to development yet. She can't be more than three months because John was six months older than Jesus. So she's just got just a little three-month baby developing inside of her womb. But it's more than just any other three-month-old fetus. This is the Word being made flesh. This is the Word that's going to dwell among us. This is the Word which was, which is to come, the Almighty. No wonder just walking into the room with her caused her to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, if the living Word of the New Testament were to walk into this room in an earthly, physical fashion, you wouldn't be able to hold back the infilling, the endowment, the empowerment of. Hey, then let me tell you something. How many of us have Jesus living in us? How many of us have the Holy Ghost residing in us? If in the New Testament it caused shadows to heal sicknesses, if they took aprons and handkerchiefs off of the body of the apostles and lay them on sick folk and they were healed. I say it's time to put the Holy Ghost back to work in 2014. In this first United Pentecostal church, it doesn't matter what others do, what others believe, what others say, it's time for you to put your faith back to work, your confidence in God back to work. You need to put the healer back on the job. You need to put the deliverer back on the job. You need to put the regenerator back on the job. You need to put salvation back in its proper place. If walking into a room with a three-month fetus, that is the Word of God developing in her system, could fill Elizabeth with the Holy Ghost and cause her to preach a message about the mother of, of the Most High, then why shouldn't the Holy Ghost in you change how you walk, change how you talk, change how you live, change how you act, change what you want? I want the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God to make a difference in my life in this day. How about you? Amen. 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 And as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. 
And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Oh, how right you are, Mary. Oh, how right you are, Mary. Everything you eat, everything you drink is making him larger. Everything you do is growing the word in flesh inside of you until that evident and imminent morning when he'll be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lay in a manger and they'll come from afar with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wise men will declare their wisdom by acknowledging him. Shepherds will declare their faith by extolling him. Heaven will declare its allegiance by showing up in full force and angels reciting glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. But nowhere in the Christmas story is there a more important declaration than that of my own or that of your own because unto us is born a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Unto us is born a Redeemer who will free us from our sins. Unto us is born a healer who will heal us of all of our diseases. Unto us is born a regenerator that will take the old man and process him in to a new person. For as many as are in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things pass away. And behold, come on somebody. Behold means look, see, watch. Behold, behold. Oh, behold, all things become new. I'm looking for some new things to develop in me in 2014. I'm watching for some new attitudes to develop in all of us in 2014. I'm believing God for some new hope to spring up in 2014. I'm believing God for some new harvests and some new reconciliations unto God in 2014. Because the Word was made flesh. He's a living, moving, empowered, almighty God to us. But understand, her faith had to accept it before it was ever born. If Mary had not believed the angel, then Elizabeth would not have been filled with the Spirit and John would not have leaped in her womb. Six months is way too old for a fetus to feel life originally. Why, I read the other day on the Internet that by the time a fetus is 12 days old, by the time it's 12 days removed from conception. It already has all of its vital organs. It's a functioning organism. It already has its vascular system in place. It's already starting to make skin to cover the the tissue and the, the muscle. And at 17 days old, it's a fully fashioned fully living, fully surviving organism in the womb of its mother. And from seven days on, all it does is develops. It continues to develop that miraculous seed of life that's already implanted there 
man. Six months is way too old for a child to kick for the first time. But the reason Elizabeth felt no life and felt no activity is unless Mary believes that Jesus is the Christ. Elizabeth does not need to bear the forerunner. John was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight a path in the desert, prepare a way for the Lord, and you don't need a forerunner if you're not going to have a Christ. We've had a lot of sermons, we've had a lot of revivals, we've had a lot of preachers that have been John the Baptist activities, but nobody believed for the harvest that was coming after. And in a little while, it was just sort of forgotten and sort of quenched and went away. But I believe in God, Brother Step, for more than just a lot of flash and a lot of talk. I believe in God for more than just a lot of prospectus and a lot of, lot of opportunity and a lot of fluff that says this is going to happen and that's going to happen. I believe that in the womb of this church, there's getting ready to be life and activity. And that babe is going to leap in the womb of the church. I believe John's got to come first. I believe John's got to come to life first. But John will not come to life until we believe that Jesus is coming. That harvest is coming. That improvement's coming. That hope's coming. That this is the day of the Most High. If the world can smash out, quince out, quell out our faith and make us believe it's only a story. It's only a myth. It's just like the other legends. Uh, it's no better than Hercules or Superman or Spider-Man. It's just another marvel in a comic book fashion. Then they can bring it to naught. But I've come to tell you, Jesus was a man, but He was more than a man. Jesus did come to earth. He did do the miracles. He did go to the cross for you and me. And He rose again that we might have life and liberty who believe. That we might overcome sin who believe. Praise God. Nothing can take that from me, but how about you? Do you believe in that hope? Stand with me if you will, please. When the Holy Ghost is moving and Elizabeth is speaking out and prophesying, Mary preached a sermon that's been largely overlooked throughout history. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. She's talking to Elizabeth. She's preaching... The first message of the apostolic era. Don't miss this. Get this. We don't want to rush past this. She's preaching the first message, the first sermon of the apostolic era. And she says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, 
From henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm, He hath scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. She kicked the door to the apostolic era wide open when she declared, that that's living in me is going to take away the advantage of the financially prosperous and is going to lift the poor up in the power and in the employment of the Holy Spirit, while the rich shall throw their money into the streets and how the poor will have the gospel preached to them. He hath showed strength with his arm, and he hath scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart, and he hath put down the mighty from their seat and exalted them of low degree. And she said something very, very powerful when she said, It's His mercy on them that fear Him, but it's not only for now. It's not just because I'm getting ready to bear a son. It's from generation to generation. It's from generation to generation that comes all the way down to us in Kennett, Missouri. Right here today, standing in this church at closing time, or sitting in the pews during the worship time, it comes all the way down to us. It's renewable generation to generation. It's renewed day by day. I've come today to say, I want to renew my blessing. I want to have faith in the help of God to renew the blessing of my generation. I refuse to allow what I have and what I am to be relegated to nothing more than a few old stories that go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I refuse to let it be just some revival meeting that happened in the 90s or the early 2000s. I've come today to renew my commitment to renew my pledge, to renew my generational blessing. I'm going to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole and renew the pledge and hope of my life. Is there anybody else in here with me that you want to renew your generational promise? You want it renewed beginning this morning in your life. Praise God. If you do, why don't you step out from where you're standing right now and find you a place of prayer. I don't have to direct you down here or tell you where to go, but find you a place of prayer. Find you a place of renewal. Find you a place of new hope and new health.
Praise God. It's renewable to every generation. To every generation, it's renewable. Praise God. are playing, we'll be back here at 5 o'clock for prayer. I'm close enough that I don't mean that to sound arrogant in any way, shape, or form, but I will no doubt come at 5 to make sure if anybody braves it and they're here, that there's somebody here to greet you and meet you at the door. 
but I think we're dealing with the situation if winter storms come in, we have to be safe and we have to be secure and we have to be fully persuaded. Particularly those of you that are older than myself, you don't need to be out slipping and sliding around on ice and falling down. A broken hip or a broken arm or a broken shoulder would not be a good thing. Let's believe the Lord for 75-degree weather and sunshine. Amen. But that's not promised. 